Welcome to CyberCast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is managing editor, Ross John Fortuna. Hi, Ross. Uh, hi, Alex. So you had the chance to chat with Dr. Gregory Edwards, CISO at FEMA. How'd it go? It was great. He's a really engaging guy, um, and he's a really interesting person, a public servant through and through. And uh, I think we really got into the the FEMA priorities and the ways that FEMA is using particularly emerging tech and leveraging its partnerships to get things moving forward because you know the pace of change is so, so fast. Yeah. And this is the second time that uh, Dr. Edwards is appearing on a cybercast with us. But I think the main difference from the last time is just how much AI has emerged at the forefront of cybersecurity. So how did that factor into the conversation? Yeah, that was I wanted to focus when I talked to him about this because we'd interviewed him just coming off the AI executive order and DHS, of which FEMA is a part, is very much involved in the executive order for guidance and for study. So we we led off with that and, and we talked about the ways that FEMA is both within DHS and by itself trying to have the innovation drive the policy and the policy drive the innovation so that as they work in concert, they don't have to uh, leave anything on the table when it comes to serving the, you know, the emergency management mission, which is I think it goes without saying, a fairly important one. Yeah, definitely, especially with agencies like FEMA um, is very time sensitive and there's very real lives at stake. So before we listen to your conversation, is there anything in particular that you want to highlight that we should keep an ear out for? Well, I would just say that that. We talked about partnerships sort of towards the middle to end of the conversation. And I think that's something that FEMA really has to do a lot of. You know, FEMA doesn't come in and, and put only FEMA workers when a hurricane hits or an earthquake hits or, or something like that. There's all these different organizations that FEMA has to herd uh, like sheep around or, or cattle or, or any sort of social animal group and get them all on the same page. And the ways that they do that you know, on the technology side of things is is interesting, you know, from the local governments to the state governments to, to all that stuff. And and FEMA has to be the, you know, the point uh, organization on that. And so we, we got into that a little bit, but of course we lead off with the AI stuff and AI is on everyone's mind. So we hopefully uh, start with a bang. All right. Well, thank you, Ross. Uh, let's take a listen to your conversation. Dr. Gregory Edwards is FEMA's Chief Information Security Officer. Before that position, he joined FEMA in 2020 as a Senior Technical Advisor to the Office of the Chief Information Officer. He previously served as NATO Communications and Information Agency Director, Infrastructure Services, and Director of Service Operations. And before that, he had held Executive Management positions at the Defense Information Systems Agency. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you. Good morning. To get into the cybersecurity conversation, I want to talk about some sort of recent news, and that's the AI executive order. How is FEMA adjusting to the implementation parts of the cybersecurity executive order and you know, the very recent AI executive order? 
Okay. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about, uh, you know, FEMA's implementation and, and, and things in the Executive Order 14028. But you can't have a conversation today, right, uh, without talking about AI and, and, and all that's happening in that area. And certainly the administration's uh, release uh, of the new uh, memo, uh, we've all been developing that uh, over time and providing input. So it's exciting to have it out. And, and as, a, as a component of DHS and FEMA, we're, we're all implementing uh, prototypes and looking at you know, ways in which we can leverage AI, uh, but being very careful. And what I mean by being careful is uh, that publicly releasable information and how we can use AI is like spot on and we wanna learn a lot from that. Uh, we're gonna be very careful before we take the next step in terms of uh, inserting our um, you know federal information you know into that environment. So we're gonna prototype some things to see how that works out, but with a focus of making sure that we do it you know carefully and and, and protecting the information that, uh, that that we provide for for artificial intelligence. And you know, doing it with diversity and, and, and inclusion, all of those types of things in mind. Uh, so that's kind of where we stand in, from an AI perspective in getting started in that area. I want to follow up on that, just on the sort of notion of careful versus the the speed of the technology. How do you keep up with the speed of AI innovation while trying to you know keep things safe? Well, I mean, a, a great question that you ask, and, and that's in fact what we're doing is, um, I like to say you do it with prescriptive policies. Uh, you know, is it technology first or is it, uh, you know, the, the policy that comes? And that's a conundrum, right? You know, but it often is the technology that drives uh, us into where we're, we're headed in the future. And then you have to catch up with a policy. Uh, and so you can't take the time necessarily to write a comprehensive policy that covers every nuance because it's not understood. So what you do is you put something prescriptive in place, some left and right boundaries, we like to say, right? And then you try and implement within that space. So that's effectively what we're doing. Yeah, I can't imagine that's particularly easy. That's uh, the way you're processing. It seems to be the way to keep things within the right structures. We talk a lot about modernization here on our show and in general, it's a little bit of a buzzword, but how do you make it more than a buzzword? How do you see it going forward at your agency at FEMA? Well, in terms of modernization, what we've, uh, you know, have done in FEMA is, is taken that modernization and, and we're, we're adding some innovation to it. Uh, but, but modernization for us is really that executive order uh, that, really synchronize and align the federal government, we think, you know, down a path that we can can head on together to, to achieve some common outcomes. Uh, and so what are we doing? We're implementing the heck out of that the executive order. Uh, the examples I would give you is, um, you know, the zero trust uh, uh, framework is we started with identity and we're uh, implementing a program now that will truly modernize how we provide access to our applications, data, services, and devices. Uh, we're not doing this on our own. We didn't write things. What we've done is we partnered with industry, right? And some of the leading technology we'll be bringing on board that help us do things like privileged uh, access management, 
um, and, and, you know, being able to know who's on our uh, systems, where they are, what actions that they're taking, and, and of course, always, you know, being able to identify and uh, the, the users that, that are on the, the network or the enterprise. We have capabilities for doing that today. Uh, however, you know, we're taking the next step in being able to better manage and control that activity within our enterprise. And so one example is that uh, identity. Another is from a network perspective, we're looking at cloud network security and some cloud network security solutions that we're, we're fielding will help us uh, once again, kind of protect the communications between an individual and an application. You know, it'll be that individual is authorized to access a specific application and not others. Uh, and when you think of that on scale, that's quite a number of people uh, accessing devices to do work, going to applications, accessing data, and this new technology is going to allow us to better protect that because there might be an insider threat, you know, that uh, is a concern. And by implementing zero trust, we effectively work our way out of the, the uh, insider threat because we begin to know everyone and everything that they're doing within our environment. And I want to be careful on the every, right? But, but you get my point. Yeah, it's certainly not, you can't plug every possible thing that's impossible that's not a world that we live in perfect is not exactly possible but zero trust certainly is a factor here but how do you maintain that resiliency when it comes to your networks and yeah. the perimeter absolutely and you know what what uh, this new network security that I was, cloud network security that i was speaking of does for us is truly it takes us away from trying to just protect the perimeter to actually now, as I said, protecting the communications that's occurring, you know, throughout the overall enterprise. Oh, that's not that our perimeter will not still be protected, but we're taking another view of that. But I will take you into the point on uh, maybe resilience. Um, and if if you're we're talking about within our capabilities, how we're being a little bit more resilient in that area. You know, I always try and define first what resilient means before I talk about it to make sure, you know, we're, we're clear. And for FEMA, it's just really successfully adapting to a difficult situation. You know, and as emergency managers, that's truly what we do quite a bit of. But how do you become resilient? Well, you become resilient, we feel, because you prepare. And then, so what we're doing today is preparing ourselves uh, through various means of uh, making sure that uh, we're able to address, and, and in my lane, a cyber threat that perhaps we haven't anticipated uh, that is quite major and expansive across, you know, our uh, continental United States. You know, you mentioned partnerships. How are those sort of factoring into building that resilience and how are they adjusting as well? How do you do that in concert? Oh, that's insightful. Uh, and thank you for that question, because uh, without those partnerships, you cannot. And what, what I'm seeing from a, a CISO perspective is that that threat is at the edge and, and, and that's where it all begins. And that take you back to why we started with identity from a zero trust perspective. And so our business is at the edge, you know, there's a disaster, we deploy our team, we stand up a field office and we provide emergency management services from that. From that. And what we've done very specifically is we noticed a gap in terms of 
there wasn't cybersecurity professional expertise at the edge. And so I stood up a cybersecurity advisor program within FEMA as to where we now have a cadre of cybersecurity professionals who can deploy virtually or physically, you know, to the edge to provide that advice to our federal coordinating officers because they face two threats, right? You know, the one that we're protecting from a FEMA perspective, but they're also there for a purpose working with the states, localities, tribes, and territories. And they may be, you know, going through a cyber situation where we need to understand each other. And then the second point I want to make on that in terms of that resilience and, and partnerships is, uh, you know, it's all about intelligence, right? You know, we, we need more and more and more of that to know where the threats are and, and how to prepare and then, you know, how to respond to those. And so we've implemented a cybersecurity threat intelligence program as to where we take open source threats that, again, open source or they're, they're known, uh, but we bend those in terms of the ones that are specific to our 10 regions. Uh, and we watch that and we monitor that 24-7, again, so we can, we can kind of be prepared. We have technology and tools that we work with industry that allow us to do that. But as you can see, we've now gone from looking holistically at the world to actually now being able to focus within a particular region, particular state, particular area as to what those threats are. And then we begin to think about how we would respond, you know, should that tactic, technique, procedure, you know, happen in another area uh, of our enterprise. Well, to sort of end on that note, there's a lot of disparate partnerships that you have, and there are a lot of public service ones, a lot of industry ones. What are the challenges there to bringing everybody sort of speaking the same language and using the same kind of systems and being operational within all these disparate uh, federated systems. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that, that stakeholder engagement is a, is a major challenge and everyone is busy, right, doing different, you know, important things. Uh, and so we uh, have stood up a working group uh, where we hold it monthly and, and uh, it's with the, our regions and then the state and local representatives. Uh, so we think really a, a powerful way of doing that is to really have outreach and have it continual. Uh, you're not going to have 100% participation, right? But when the right time comes, you know, that, that, that forum will be there for communications. And, you know, we're all challenged in terms of, uh, you know, the processes that we use in the cyberspace in terms of vulnerability management and risk management. We can't get enough help in terms of uh, automation, you know, of those processes. We think that's going to help us you know, go to the next uh, level. And then risk management is another area that we really truly need some innovation in. I've, um, you know, I, I call it developing that CIO, a CISO level risk picture. Um, there's some new buzzwords about risk quantification and things of that nature. Today, we're counting the number of vulnerabilities per assets and all of that. You look at that on the aggregate and it's daunting, right? And you try to make sense out, out of it. So we're looking for innovative ways that we can look at risk management and then automate our current uh, vulnerability management uh, processes and procedures. Yeah, I know artificial intelligence can certainly be helpful in, in that sense. There's a lot of data processing that it can do that people can't. And I know that's something that uh, agencies throughout government are, are looking at, especially in light of the executive order. Dr. Edwards, thanks so much for being uh, on the show with me today. It was our pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you, Ross, for that great interview with Dr. Gregory Edwards. And I just want to take a moment to plug again that we have had Dr. Edwards on Cybercast before, and we encourage our listeners to check out that episode in our archives back from 2021, just for more on Dr. Edwards and FEMA's mission and the role cybersecurity has been playing there. So before we let our listeners go, Ross, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Just that, um, you know, emergency management is complicated and, and cybersecurity within emergency management is similarly complicated. And Dr. Edwards uh, talked about how he handles those uh, pressures and how his agency and his office is able to juggle all those things. Yep. If there's one thing that cybersecurity is, it is complicated, which is why Cybercast is here to decode these cyber issues and hopefully help you understand them just a little bit better. Well, thank you again, Ross. Listeners can tune in in two weeks for a brand new Cybercast. But until then, if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. And hey, tell a friend. We always appreciate growing our audience. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Ross Jaffertune. Thank you for listening. Cybercast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.